and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Cantor, and I'm the editor in chief at Fine Biometrics, where it's Enterprise Biometrics Month, presented in partnership with ISC West. Due to concerns over the COVID 19 coronavirus, ISC West has been postponed and will be taking place July 20th to 22nd. In the meantime, we're taking the converged security conversation virtual here at ID Talk, interviewing leaders in enterprise biometrics, and later this month, presenting a podcast version of our panel, Understanding Security, Convenience, and Privacy in Today's Biometric Systems, which was originally scheduled for the conference. Today, we set the stage for that podcast panel by once again welcoming BioConnect CEO and Chairman Rob Douglas, along with BioConnect CTO and CISO Courtney Gibson, to ID Talk. In conversation with my ID Talk co-host Susan Stover, Douglas and Gibson shed light on the approximate identity crisis facing enterprises that rely solely on key fobs and key cards for access control, delving into an experiment they conducted on an automated key copying kiosk. The conversation turns to the ins and outs of BioConnect's unified mobile access solution, and it concludes with a preview of our ISC West virtual panel, as well as the virtual trade show event BioConnect is holding in lieu of the Vegas conference. Now, without further ado, it's my pleasure to present BioConnect CEO and Chairman Rob Douglas with BioConnect CTO and CISO Courtney Gibson on the ID Talk podcast. Today I'm joined by Rob Douglas, BioConnect's founder, chairman, and CEO, and Courtney Gibson, CTO and CISO at BioConnect. Welcome to the podcast. It's our pleasure. Thank you very much, Susan. One of the most common aspects in physical security in any building today is the key fob. Broadly, what are the security issues inherent to fob and prox card-based security systems? Well, this is an issue that we've been focused on for probably at least 15 years. And the thing that's striking about it is it's actually getting worse. And so just by way of introduction, what we look at is the fob and the, and the, uh, the prox card are you know unsecure credentials? In fact, on the back of your prox card is the actual serial number of the card, and as a result of that, both of these can be easily duplicated. Uh, we used to think that these were credentials that I could hand over to somebody, and now they could they could behave as me getting in and around facilities. But it's gotten much worse than that now. It's now you can go into any convenience store and have these uh, these credentials replicated for about thirty dollars or less. Uh, just in a kiosk. Uh, there's now going to be 20,000 of these kiosks around the country, all 7-Eleven uh, stores and many other um, uh, retail operations are getting these um, automated um, uh, locksmith kiosks put into them and like anybody can just walk in there and replicate their their, uh, their fob or their, uh, or their card. I think one of one of the real challenges. There's a lot of benefits to uh, fob-based systems in terms of uh, ease of use and reliability. Uh, but I think broadly, one of uh, one of the problems that we're trying to address is that these these fobs are basically today for many people they're effectively your username and your password. Um, and when someone can duplicate your username and your password onto another piece of plastic and, and start walking around with it. Um, as a corporation, you lose control over key control for your uh, company, and if uh, if bad actors are able to get a hold of somebody's fob and duplicate it, uh, not only do you lose key control for your staff, but you may have outside people start to get access to your premise as well. If I could just add another comment to that, is that it, this is analogous to uh, sitting down at your computer 
and actually writing out on a yellow sticky your ID and your password and just sticking it on your computer mm -hmm. uh, and allowing people to make copies of that uh, yellow sticky. It's, it's analogous to that. In a recent video published by BioConnect, we see Stephen Heather, strategic account manager at BioConnect, demonstrating how easy it is to duplicate a key fob at a general store with no questions asked. Even as the security experts, what was the most surprising aspect of the fob duplication demonstration? What was most surprising is how easy it is. Uh, there's virtually no friction. Um, you, you literally can go online to Google, uh, type in, where, where can I get my key fobs duplicated? In our case, uh, when we did that, there were six uh, convenience stores all within a, a 15 minute uh, uh, drive from where we're located in order to do it. The one he actually went to was like a five minute walk from our office. And so we just, we're just we uh, just blown away at how easy it is for anyone to go and replicate uh, their key fob or their, uh, or their credit. I, I agree. I think the what what's really shifted here in, in terms of uh, surprise on our side is just really the uh, the velocity with which this has become um, you know, automated and and so widely available. How widely known is the security vulnerability among bad actors? Well, uh, that's a great question. I, I want to uh, answer the question by answering two questions. How widely known is this by security professionals of physical buildings? It's not known. Um, we were just at, a, um, at a, uh, a national security event by one of the large access control manufacturers, all of their customers and associated partners. And one block away from the event we were at is one of those kiosks. And one of my colleagues and I went and videoed uh, the uh, duplication of the key fob and brought it back to this audience. And there was virtually nobody in the room that had any idea that this was now possible. And so from the, and then at the other hand, so the people protecting uh, these facilities have no idea how easy this is and how accessible it is. My sense is the bad actors probably don't know, they probably know more right now than the security professionals do. And I'm saying that because they're the ones that are likely going in and out of the 7-Eleven uh, stores maybe more frequently and are now a witness to the fact that uh, this dispensing capability is available. But one thing's for sure, if you're a bad actor and you know you can do this, this is like open season for yeah, not cyber attacks, but rather physical attacks. Right, and, and I think there have certainly there have been products on the market for years now that uh, that provide this sort of duplication. You can buy reprogrammable cards online. Um, this is uh, this is something that has been quietly building for a while, but I think the uh, the velocity of this has changed dramatically in the last few months. It strikes me as an incredibly urgent security vulnerability. How common is it for an enterprise to have a single factor FOB or card-based security system? And what generally keeps them from upgrading their access system? Well, unfortunately, it's still, um, you know, here we are in the year 2020, you'd think it would be past this now, but it's incredibly common. Uh, it's not uncommon for an enterprise with 50,000 employees uh, to have uh, cards being issued to all of those employees and every year, about 40% of those cards are being lost and being replaced. So you've got, if you look at over a five-year period of time, you have hundreds of thousands of cards that are being issued for 50,000 people in one enterprise. And whether it's a card or key fob, they fundamentally are performing the same function. So it's remarkable that this is still the case. And the reason why, why are we still dealing with this, um, 
this weak uh, security feature, it's because the cost associated with upgrading to a more secure uh, credentialing system is is high enough that it's hard. To, it's a hard ROI for the enterprise to, in essence, rip and replace their their infrastructure for access control in order to upgrade to a more secure solution. And and I think re related to that is um, as Rob mentioned, you know, credential loss is a you know is a common occurrence in business. People lose cards, uh, they're canceled, and they're reissued. One of the one of the problems, though, is that the enterprises are typically you know, issued boxes of cards that have sequential numbers in them, and if someone loses card 1000 uh, and they issue card 1001 to the next employee, um, that lost credential, if it falls into someone's hands who has access to one of these key duplicate, these card duplication machines, um, you know, duplicating card 1000 or just simply adding a couple of numbers onto it and, and coming up with 1001 or 1002, I can take a lost credential um, and with pretty good probability create a forged credential that's probably some other employee's card and, and still have the ability to get into buildings. So um, this isn't a risk just for that card, it's a risk for the whole enterprise when credentials start to get lost. Um, because there's, uh, at the end of the day, there's just a number on these cards. Organizations need to look at security from a holistic standpoint. There should not be sharp divisions between digital and physical security measures. Both need to work together to protect valuable data and infrastructure from being exposed. The future of physical security is here. BioConnect brings two-factor mobile authentication to physical spaces, including doors, data centers, network closets, and data rooms. Users simply walk up, tap their access card, complete a step-up authentication on their mobile device, and gain access. The low-cost retrofit solution can be installed in under 30 minutes and works on a smart, rules-based policy to help organizations meet privacy, security, and compliance policies and regulations. Keep your organization and its facilities secure. To learn more, visit bioconnect.com unified find biometrics. And now, back to the podcast. The FOB clone video offers BioConnect step-up mobile authentication as a solution to this security emergency. How can BioConnect technology be implemented to augment these more traditional and vulnerable security systems? I think we, when we started to look at this problem, we wanted to address it in a way which added as little impact and as little friction to the end users as possible. Um, there are a lot of people today that um, have, have cards, have readers, have solutions in place to protect their buildings. Um, and rather than replace that, we wanted to strengthen it um, in a way that people would accept and would use as part of their daily security practices. So um, the way we built um, our new link solution is to uh, integrate into existing systems. And you know, earlier, I, I sort of used the analogy of usernames and passwords and said, today, these cards are both the username and the password for people who are walking through the doors. Um, and in essence, what we're doing is we're, uh, we're providing a simple, easy to consume retrofit solution uh, that allows you to use your phone as the password, as that missing piece in the system. Um, you can still use your cards. Uh, we can better secure the system with an easy retrofit um, and it protects people from losing credentials, forged credentials, um, other tokens being presented that, uh, that might create a risk. 
what is the user experience of authenticating with BioConnect as part of a workday? The experience really varies uh, based on the, uh, the nature of, of the place that the company needs to protect. If this is a high security server room, um, this is a protection that could be turned on all the time. If this is um, a high use common door that during business hours is well monitored by other means, um, the user experience may not change at all. Um, but the, the user's experience is they walk up and interact with the doors uh, as they do today. They present a card, um, tap that on the door or tap it on a server cabinet. Um, their phone comes up um, using either our, our own application or another one that uh, these employees are already using. and just adds a second factor. You tap your card, your phone lights up, you confirm that it's you, and the door opens. As I say, for server rooms, that might be all day long. Um, for the front door of the building, it, it might be after hours to protect against uh, a card uh, falling out of somebody's pocket in the, in the parking lot. Um, but we try to change the user experience as little as possible. We're putting a lot of extra security on it. And what is the onboarding process like? The, the benefit of retrofitting into systems that people are already using means that in many cases, there is no additional onboarding. We're using tools that employees are already using today um, in order to really minimize there being any onboarding. We're, um, we've had a lot of success with customers who have taken the solution in. We're using cards that they're using today. We're using readers that they're using today. We're using mobile 2FA solutions that people are using today, uh, which means there's no new deployment of credentials. There's no new deployment of software. There's no new user training. Um, the onboarding process becomes quite simple because we're simply repurposing um, tools that people have in their toolbox already. BioConnect's unified mobile access solution goes beyond preventing bad actors from duplicating keys, but also offers custom configuration for security administration. How can enterprise security benefit from rule-based access? I think there's a couple of ways that they can see that benefit. Today, we have granularity just around time of day. We can provide different levels of protection at different times, um, depending on the needs of the business. Um, and that's sort of the first layer of, uh, of rule-based access is just simply defining the criticality of your resources and, and, and when and, and where they need to be protected. Um, this system also creates a data flow which doesn't exist today between physical security systems and digital security systems. Companies spend a lot of resources today to provide monitoring and intrusion detection on their digital resources. You know who's trying to get into your VPNs, into your firewalls, into your desktops, and being able to leverage a data flow from the physical systems into your digital systems means that you now have visibility and total situational awareness around both your physical plant and your digital footprint as well. Um, and going forward, we're talking with customers who are really interested in creating unified access control policies between physical and digital spaces, asking valid questions like, should people be allowed to log into my desktop if they're not in the building today? Or should they be able to access files or secure directories or printers or, or these sort of things? And we are actively looking at building out these digital physical uh, policies to, again, provide better security, uh, both to people, but also their digital work product. Organizations need to look at security from a holistic standpoint. There should not be sharp divisions between digital and physical security measures. Both need to work together to protect valuable data and infrastructure from being exposed. The future of physical security is here.
BioConnect brings two-factor mobile authentication to physical spaces, including doors, data centers, network closets, and data rooms. Users simply walk up, tap their access card, complete a step-up authentication on their mobile device, and gain access. The low-cost retrofit solution can be installed in under 30 minutes and works on a smart, rules-based policy to help organizations meet privacy, security, and compliance policies and regulations. Keep your organization and its facilities secure. To learn more, visit bioconnect.com unified find biometrics. And now, back to the podcast. Now, ISU West has been postponed from March until July. We understand that you are hosting a virtual trade show on the BioConnect website. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I think there's, um, because of the, uh, the worldwide challenges we're uh, interacting with right now around the uh, coronavirus, uh, we're actually creating a digital uh, trade show. What we're going to expect from us is, I think that um, the, uh, the company, we've now figured out how to cost-effectively unify digital and physical authentication across the enterprise. This is one of these things that the industry has been trying to solve a long time. And we have found, I think, a very novel way of being able to solve it that, um, that leverages everything that the enterprise is already using today digitally and physically to make that happen, as Courtney's just been talking about. The other thing is that we're very deep in the world of biometrics. So whether it's in your, your eye, your face, your voice, your behavior, uh, we have very strong capabilities. And so we'll be showcasing the latest in biometric technologies uh, for physical access uh, to your doors as well as your server cabinets and um, using other trust techniques in order to have a lower cost way of bringing uh, authentication to doors that can't justify the expense of putting in um, uh, dedicated biometric devices, including uh, part of our link solution is we're bringing for the first, I think we'll be first to market with this, is bringing biometrics to your mobile device. So you can be authenticating, authenticating with face recognition uh, to get into doors or server cabinets. And then maybe the last comment I'll offer is that the world of server cabinets is the last bastion of uh, trust. Right now, pretty much all server cabinets in the world are still controlled by just door handles uh, or by keys. And we have, we have brought to market um, a link solution for cabinetry, which allows you to have much higher levels of trust authentication to who's getting actually access to these particular server cabinets. In lieu of the physical panel at ISC West, we'll be presenting Understanding Convenience, Security, and Privacy in Today's Biometric Systems as a virtual panel on our ID Talk podcast. Now, Rob, you're one of our expert panelists. And you and I will be talking about a number of topics around privacy and the convergence of digital and physical security. What are some major talking points you will want to emphasize during our panel? I think the most important one is we figured it out. We as an industry have figured out how to converge digital and physical security. The amount of years that people have been trying to work this particular issue has just been uh, in excess of 10 years. So first message is, okay, this problem has now been solved and there's a very straightforward way to be able to unify authentication digitally and physically. I think that's a really important point that we would want the marketplace to know. The second is, in, the, in particular relative to biometric information, is we've also figured out a way to make it private so that the, all the personally identifiable information about the person remains inside and behind the firewall of the enterprise. 
and any information that's been communicated to cloud-based services are really, it's the tokenization of uh, the PII and the PII itself will remain on-prem. So I think that's also another important piece. I think the third one is these systems are now getting very large and very scalable. And in BioConnect's case, I believe we're probably likely the largest platform provider of biometric deployments for global scale. So people are now looking at not only high security, but how do I scale these things across large um, populations of buildings around the, uh, around the globe? And um, these systems have now really scaled up when I think of where they are today to where they were in the past. So concludes Susan Stover's conversation with BioConnect's Rob Douglas and Courtney Gibson. Learn more about the topics discussed in this episode by visiting bioconnect.com unified slash find dash biometrics. And stay tuned to ID Talk in the coming weeks for more interviews with enterprise biometrics experts, as well as our virtual podcast panel, Understanding Security, Convenience, and Privacy in Today's Biometric Systems. I would like to thank Rob and Courtney once again for joining us on today's episode. I want to thank Susan Stover for conducting it. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. My name is Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.